Hi, we want to welcome you to our first podcast of 2019, which is entitled, Who Am I? And first, let me just introduce who we have today. To my right, far right, is Kitty Ramirez. She is Director of Training and a counselor here at His Truth Transforms. And here we have Doris Craddock, my mom, and CEO and counselor. And then I'm Christy Craddock, President and counselor here. So welcome, and what we want to talk about is really building our Christian identity. And to start, what is our identity? Let's understand that. So Kitty, you had a good explanation of what our identity is. Right, Christy. It's it's how a person sees themselves. It's um, where they um, get their significance and value and worth. It's their personhood. So that's how we would explain an identity, what makes them feel important what makes them feel valued. And that's what we'll be talking about today. Right, okay, from knowing where we're getting our significance, value, and worth, let's talk about where do people get their their worth from? What are some things that people do, or what have we seen? I think people, as they grow up, a lot of their identity comes from what they believe went on in their family or happened, from uh, many times how much money I make or what kind of a job I have. Um, even uh, sports, any type of thing that in the world system that we kind of pick up on. And uh, we don't realize that, that when we become a believer, God gives us a new identity. Right, and some of the ways we'll get our identity for married couples will often be from the other spouse, um, significance of value and worth from the spouse, um, oftentimes um, from the children and raising the children, uh, and like you mentioned, from income, from education, it's and a lot of these are the worldly things that make them feel important. Yes, it's really, it's everything the world values is where we get our identity mm-hmm. and our value and worth. And I worked at a law firm, in this particular law firm, you were a really good employee if you put in a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. So my identity started being built on being a good employee exactly. according to the standard that this one attorney that I worked for had which really put everything out of balance at that point because everything was focused on, was I a good employee? Mm-hmm. And so it gets off. So what are the problems from seeing our identity from the world or the world standards? What problems do you see? I think from uh, hearing what you and Kitty have said, that so much of the time we grow up comparing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And yet the Bible says that we're never to compare ourselves with another person. And God says he's no respecter of persons. He just loves each of us as a, in our identity, who we are as a new believer. And, uh, and as we think about this, and it's, if we're comparing ourselves, it's always changing because we don't match up to what another person says or does. So we're on a roller coaster type thing because we never measure up to what we think our expectations should be. Right, and that comparison um, might place us individually as superior, as arrogant, as better than, or it could go on the reverse side that I'm less than, um, not valued, based on what I'm comparing myself to. And a good indication is, are you satisfied? Because a lot of times when we're seeking it from the world standards, you're never satisfied. Mm -hmm. Or your emotions, so do you have contentment? Do you have joy? Do you have peace? Or are your emotions kind of all over the place? Are you have anxiety? Do you have depression? Do you have those what we call renegade emotions 
because you're basing it on people and things to supply your value, significant and worth, where it really does take your emotions that kind of run amok at times. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to take us to Isaiah 49, 9, where it says, this is the Lord saying to say to the captives, come out and to those in darkness, be free. And that's what we're here to help everyone understand is when we take our significance, value, and worth, and we base it on people and things of this world, we end up being not having the victory or a victorious life God talks about. And we want to help people be free and to have that victory that Christ does promise. And so to look at what are you filling yourself up? What is it? Is it boyfriend, girlfriend? Is it money? Is it a job? Is it, where, is, where are you getting that from? Mm-hmm. And so those, those are indicators to really show us to stop and then take us to what God wants us to um, build that, our Christian identity on. Kitty, you had a story that was really good about an example you had that kind of indicated this. Right. Several years ago, I had lunch with a friend and um, the waiter came up and the waiter was um, short, was frustrated, seemed to be in a bad mood. And so I turned around and asked the waiter, I said, um, are you doing all right? Um, are things going all right for you? And the waiter said, you know, I'm about ready to graduate from college and I can't wait to get out of here and quit waiting on stupid people. And I went, there goes your tip. <laughs> but what this um, young waiter said um, told me where his significance and value and worth were coming from, and it was coming from his education. Mm-hmm. So, for example, just to expand on that a little bit, if this waiter were to step into a room basing his significance on his education of a bunch of professors, highly educated people, his emotions and his thoughts and his behaviors are going to be surrounded with, um, I'm less than, I'm, I'm, I'm inferior, um, how can I ever be like one of these individuals that stand before me? When he steps into a room filled with his peers, same education, his um, thought life, his emotions and his behaviors and mannerisms are going to be, how can I get one up on them? You know, what can I do to cl- climb the corporate ladder? How can I get them down below me? And when he steps into a room filled with uh, people with GEDs or high school graduation, it's it's that superior attitude that I'm better than. So his emotions and everything about him are going to be fluctuating based on the people and the circumstances he stands in front, front of at that moment. And it's because he's drawing his identity from the world and the people around him. So that was a perfect example on where our identity is apart from God and how it creates all sorts of problems for us. So let's take a look at, as a believer, how we can be different and how we base that on. So when we become a believer, we want to help to understand that the Bible alone is the anchor on which our Christian identity is built from. And so the first thing is when we become a believer, we are a new creation. We're a new person. And what I explained to the counselees is we have a cha- we can have a chance to to be different. We can choose to be different from from then on out. And according to Second Corinthians five seventeen, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. 
The old is gone and the new is here. And that's where as a believer, we can number one, change. Mm -hmm. That's a big difference. And then the second thing is we are complete in Christ. Does someone have a scripture on that one? Yes, Colossians 2.10. And in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority. So we are a new creation. Yes. We are complete in Christ. And then the third one is we receive a new identity. Mm-hmm. Mom, tell us um, what Ephesians 24, 22-24 says. Uh, it talks about that we have been taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted. So that is a process by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self to create it, to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And you know, many times we read this scripture and it can defeat us. And there may be some of you that are listening to this today that don't know Jesus Christ personally. John 3.16 tells us that if we... Be, belong to him and we come to the place of accepting him he's forgiven us our sins and uh, i like to challenge you that if you've never invited jesus christ into your life it's just a simple act of realizing that we're all sinners and that christ died for each of us who are listening to this program and for anybody in the world he has done this for us and so all you have to do is to pray to receive christ is to just ask him to forgive your sins and for him to come into your life and he'll make you that new Christian. And talking about the new identity that we have in Christ, that comes the moment that we accept him. So he tells us here in that scripture, in regard to our former life, we become a new identity in Christ. And we can put off that old self. I don't have to live like I used to live before I accepted Christ. I now can stand on his truth, the Bible, and let him live through me. Yeah, that was good. And it does take some time. It's a process. And I think this is where we can get kind of really frustrated. Mm-hmm. We're going along and changing, then something will happen, and, you know, I'll get angry again, or I'll act kind of more like I used to than I am supposed to now. And to realize not to beat ourselves up, that guilt isn't from Christ, but what it should do is take us to the Lord to say, I do need you more. I need you to keep changing me. You promise I am that new identity. Help me form to you to be more like you to do it. And in any of those times, excuse me, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel like um, God's way is not working, it's it's at that point we tap into the Holy Spirit um, and lean on Him to give me the strength, to give me the perseverance, to give me the endurance to to continue on and not give up because your way is a higher way and you have designed me to live from my new identity in Christ and and there is going to be that uh, transition time from the truth I know from head knowledge to the truth I, I live out now in my everyday life as I offer my life back unto the Lord. That's good. Our reason, we don't realize how much our reason and then our emotions are our final authority. Exactly. So part of this process is one, recognizing first where my thoughts and beliefs are, are incorrect to where I've even my identity is based on all these things. Now I need to stop and really have God start showing me that I'm a new creation and it can look different. That I need to base it on who God is and what his word says about me. We're positioned for the Holy Spirit to change us. Mm-hmm. And that's a key. So what are some examples of this? You had mentioned even the bachelor 
on the TV. Right, so much the time when you watch TV and you watch different programs, and we look at that, and the things that we've talk, been talking about today are the very things that people get their identity from somebody liking them. So you can just watch on some of those programs what happens because people want to be, they want to be the special one. And yet the neat thing is about knowing God and having Him in our life, we are special mm -hmm. to Him. And he says he just loves us. He delights in us. And uh, and it's very, if you've never grown up ever being excited about something or somebody being excited about you, maybe being in the family or, or being the part of the family, you've never felt that you were accepted. Well, you always will be accepted by God because he just says he loves you. And that's just a continuous thing for the very time he uh, came into this world for the very purpose of our sins being forgiven. And we have the Holy Spirit, as Christy pointed out. So it's so important to realize I don't have to live like I used to live anymore. I now have the Holy Spirit to guide and direct me. And so as we work, as we talk about today and our identity, that comes through knowing Him and having the Holy Spirit living in us. And He's the one, as Kitty was saying, that would do the changing in your life. Mm -hmm. Well, and uh, another thing on that, Doris, is is oftentimes Christians will fall into the trap that I'm trying to earn or work for my acceptance from the Lord himself right. rather than know he has already accepted me and I renew my mind, as Christy had mentioned, to that truth so that I live from a point that I am accepted already and I'm not trying to earn it or I'm not trying to do something for God's blessing or behavior. I live from that mm -hmm. blessing. I live from that I am complete in him. Yeah, because we keep even with God trying to seek it when actually you're mm -hmm. so good. We live from that. We yes. are that the moment we receive Christ and so to live from that out. How did David and Goliath, how do you explain that story and how David looked and lived from that? Right. So we have in First uh, Samuel chapter 17 uh, in verse 38, beginning in verse 38, uh, let me set a little background here. Uh, David was in the field, and David's somewhere around 17 years old, a young kid. And um, he hears there is a battle going on, and um, uh, so he runs into the city area, leaves the sheep behind. God's taking care of the sheep. Everything's fine. But uh, David had been a shepherd all his life, and he had spent a great deal of time with the Lord, that one-on-one -on -one time, which is so valuable for us as believers. So um, when he comes into the hustle and bustle of the battlefield and um, King Saul is talking to him and he's, he's talking to David on, you're kind of young, you're not battle ready and things like this, but David says, no, this is the Lord's battle and, and we can do this. And so um, King Saul says, okay, we're going to send you out to uh, meet with Goliath and, uh, but I want you to wear all this armor. I want you to put on man's armor. I want you to do it man's mm -hmm. way. And David uh, put on the armor, you know, the world's way on how we do things, on getting our identity met. And then David shrugged it all off and he said, no, I can't do this. He said, I'm not, you know, a warrior, but I, I do know my, my Lord. So he picked up his sling and his stones and he went out and he stood firm on the things of the Lord. He said the battle is the Lord's and it's not going to be by sword. Zechariah says it's not by uh, might, it's not by power, but my spirit says the Lord. And there's where David was coming from to do battle. And it's the same thing with us as believers. 
It's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by corporations, it's not by education, it's not by, by uh, money, it's not by the world standards, but it's by the power of the Lord. And we know the story that David was the one that won the battle on that because of his drawing from the Lord and the Lord's truth and doing it God's way and not man's way. So that's a great example. Well, his foundation was Christ. It was the Word. He had spent time with Christ. Mm -hmm. He had killed a lion and a bear, and God prepared him for that time to battle Goliath. Mm -hmm. But it was, starts with who he believed he was, and he was a child of the living God. Mm -hmm. And he was part of the army of the living God. And it, our lives are so different when we start life from the moment we receive Christ as I am part of that army of the living God. I can do all things through Christ. And when you are living from that place is so different because you're living through and in victory instead of in defeat mm -hmm. where Satan takes us mm -hmm. and where we tend to live. So thank you, that's so good. Okay, we wanna talk about the tool. Now that we set up you know, the problem, then we go into, as a believer, we have all the, we have Christ living in us. We can come from a place of victory, but now how do we live that out? And we, in the Bible, it talks about renewing the mind. And it's based on um, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so do one of you want to read that? It tells us in Romans uh, 1 and 2, as Christy said, to present our bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is our spiritual service. And he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is in that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And we look at those last three statements that God sees us already as good, as acceptable and perfect. We don't feel perfect and it's not how we feel as Christy was mentioning earlier, but it's a fact of what God's word says. And so as we stand on that fact and allow the Spirit of God to work, whatever we're going through, if it's hurt or disappointment, difficulties, uh, loss of a loved one or somebody that's sick, and uh, it doesn't matter what it is because the Holy Spirit will give you and I the power to get through whatever it is because we're not relying on ourselves to produce it. We're relying on the Holy Spirit to bring about the transformation and the change. Mm -hmm. Well said. So that is like we have to recognize the lie then, right? Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's drawing us toward the Lord or drawing us towards significance, value, and worth apart from the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it's recognizing the lie and then putting off that lie. Correct. And when we're talking about presenting our bodies, it's do you desire to be different? Mm -hmm. And we have to really be willing to let God change us. Mm -hmm. And that's where it starts, like you're that's saying. That's the key, I think. Mm -hmm. So the tool is, okay, what needs to be renewed? Our thoughts and beliefs. And here, we're talking about our identity. Mm -hmm. So what are we putting off? What lie? And some of those lies are having to do it myself. Um, I, have, I have to be somebody to show my worth mm -hmm. through all the avenues we've talked about. Or success and being successful means you know, having the certain car, the certain house, the kids look a certain way. So we got to start looking at what the lies are that we're believing that aren't based on the Word of God, but are based on really the world's standards. And why do we need to do this? And I want to point out our mind of, is thinking in contradiction to our new identity. And that's what we're explaining is 
starting that desire to be different and seeing that, you know, I'm, I'm so ingrained of what the world thinks, I've got to start allowing God to show me where that needs to be changed and why is because it's in contradiction to who he is. So the next thing would be putting on. So what is so, I think, cool about God is that he doesn't just say change it. One, he has the Holy Spirit in us, but he gives us his word to pour into us that we're not left alone. He replaces it with something which is his word who starts even molding our identity. So what do you all want to talk about on putting on God's truth? What does that look like? I was thinking of Ephesians 5, 8, where it says, For you were formerly in darkness, mm -hmm. but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So if we start looking at our identity in the form of the, what Christy was saying, is the Holy Spirit will start showing us what wrong beliefs that each of us individually are believing. It'll be different for different people. As she said, some go by their emotions, some go by how they look, or they, they never measure up to how they think they ought to be. They're always comparing themselves to that other person. But as you put on, then we trust God to do the changing. And as the Holy Spirit works in our life, you will be more surprised than anyone as the Holy Spirit works in your life. That those things that were very insignificant to you before you started trusting Him, all at once you'll have a peace or a joy. And in John, it tells us that no one can rob us from that joy because that is produced through the Spirit. And that's something that he gives us as we just daily walk with him. It's putting off the lie and putting on the truth. That's God's economy. It, it, God doesn't say, I just want you to put off the lie. And so many times we as believers uh, come in and say, you know, I, I refute you lie or I, I rebuke you or whatever it is. But we don't carry it through to the end to, okay, I've, I've addressed the lie. Now we need to go and put on the truth. And that's like um, Jesus, when he was out in the wilderness, Satan come, came in with the lies. Jesus confronted that with the truth. And so we have got to walk in that truth. We've got to be aware of the truth and not just put off the lie and then let it stop there, but continue on with follow up on the truth. So true. That's so good. And we talk about the next step is meditating and, and, and submitting and humbling ourselves for God to work in us. And Philippians 4, 8 said, God tells us to dwell on these things. Mm -hmm. And one tool we have is we've made these cards. We talked about in our last podcast and they're laminated. And one of this, one of the cards is who I am in Christ. And the first column is what I feel or think about myself. Well, that's the lie. So the lie could be I'm unworthy. I have no confidence. I am not good enough. I am fearful. I am weak. I am defeated. I feel guilty. There's just a whole list of what we feel. And then the next column is what is true about me in Christ. Well, that's where you both have said, what do we put on? Well, we put on that, for example, I am unworthy. It's Christ has made me worthy and acceptable and then the truth which we're talking about meditating on we have scriptures to go along with that because as you meditate as you ask God to make those scriptures and those words real in your life that's where we see change and that's where even our emotions will start changing mm -hmm. and one day that's happened in my life and I'm like I'm just I'm so much calmer and it's not like one day you just wake up and you're a different it's just 
as you take and put on Christ and his word, and you make that your importance and your significance, worth and value, your emotions start coming under that. And we've seen so many changed, even in our ministry, just explaining who they are can make all the difference. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we base, like you were saying, on a parent's harsh words. You know, we can have a good life and then, in, and, and even a good upbringing, but we focus on the negativity from one encounter from a parent that was really negative. That can shape and negate everything from that moment forward. And so it's really good to stop and think where we get our significance, worth, and value. So to look on our website to get these cards is so important as we meditate on that. And then to even look at what our power is. In 2 Peter 1.3 is our spirit has given us everything for life and godliness. And to, to camp on that. To realize mm -hmm. this is God doing it in and through me. It's not me trying to do it, but God doing it in and through me. Because we have the Holy Spirit to teach us, and it's God's Word, and that's our foundation. I'm working with a dear lady who, all of her life, she said, I've tried, I've done everything I can in the church. And if something come, came up, she would always volunteer because she wanted to get, thought she would be closer to the Lord if she did those things. And now that she's learning to walk in her new identity and to allow the Holy Spirit to work, it is such a joy to see her because she, you know, she said, I think all the things that I did thinking that I was doing them to get more accepted and more loved by everybody in the church. And she realizes God has already loved her the whole time. But she, not knowing that, she just kept drumming things out and going and doing Trying things to earn and, it and, and wearing earn herself it. out mm -hmm. to realize I'm already beloved. And it's just to get your significance through Him. And it's such a joy. Kitty, if you'll take us back to your example of the, the waiter, sure. what would it look like if he was living from his Christian identity? Right. So now, since the waiter um, is living from his Christian identity, that he's significant, and valued and worthy. When he um, talks or enters in any one of these groups, be it the highly educated, the professors, his peer group, or the um, people that have a GED or a high school education, then he does not have to be wrestling with a thought life that I have to do better than or I'm not good enough. He's not going to be wrestling with um, emotions that are renegade and all over the place that control him and become out of control. Um, so he's going to be more at peace. He's going to be more confident in his identity in Christ and not trying to draw his confidence from whoever stands in front of him or has his confidence knocked down because he's not good enough. And therefore, what he is doing is displaying the life of Christ within him. And that's his witness. That's his testimony for all to see. And um, it just doesn't get any better than that. So he's got confidence and boldness uh, based on who he is in Christ rather than trying to stick his straw into somebody else's cup and draw it from them. He's sound and he has a foundation in God himself. Which just alludes to a peace and joy, and that's what people seek. When they see it in you, mm -hmm. they're drawn to that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to um, just tell about Hannah. And she was a counselee here, and she we have her testimony on our website under what we do. And her story when she came in, this is what she said, I realized I try to fulfill my worth through others, 
which left me empty, ashamed, and lost with no worth or purpose. And her feelings were I felt hopeless, anxious, nervous, scared, embarrassed, sad, angry, and just worn out. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot of times when we have women come in, we find them at this place a lot because they are worn out. Mm -hmm. When you're trying to get your significance from everybody else and sometimes you know, people fail you or you get fired from a job. Well, what happens if all your worth is in a job and your significance and for whatever reason you're let go, your whole world is destroyed. Mm -hmm. But yet as we take them through who where their identity is to be placed, where their foundation is Christ and his word, then she can, we can change. Mm -hmm. And for Hannah, it was... Even when times are tough, I immediately turn to God and remind myself of God's truth. So I encourage people to go to our website to listen to the testimonies on there of lives changed by the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, because that's what makes change, is when we allow Him to do it through us. That's so true. So I wanted to end with just two questions for everyone to start thinking, where do you receive your significance, value, and worth after listening to this, just to let God show you where you truly are getting those from. Is it from His Word, or is it from everything the world has to offer? And then second, are you, can you, are you willing to choose for God to change you from the inside out to get your Christian identity based on Him and not the world? So we'll end with that. Well, we want to thank you for listening to us today and, and for those that are even watching this on video. And just a couple things. We put together a book called My Salvation Promises, and it's a, it's a real small book. But there's 30 things we've listed from the Word of God that we received upon becoming a believer. And so to go through this, to even see the things you were given as a believer in you right now that can be lived out. And then in the back, we talk about renewing our mind. And then we do have a sheet that if you would go to our website and once you listen to this vid or listen to the podcast or watch the video, we have a two page outline of what we talked about in the tool with that renewing our minds that we can, we'd be happy to send out to anyone. So we want to thank you for joining us today. Yes.